We believe running is freedom and empowerment. We believe running solves problems and makes people happy. We even believe that if more people run, the world will be a better place. We believe in running because it is our passion. This is the Big Peach Running Company Run ATL Podcast with your host, Mike Cosentino. Greetings, everyone. It is that time again. Time for the Run ATL Podcast. My name is Mike Cosentino. I will have the good fortune of leading this journey and being your host for this episode. I am joined once again by Dave Martinez. We call him D2. He is the magic behind the microphone as he pulls the strings as our executive producer and makes sure that this all comes together. I believe, D2, you will be doing that once again for us. It's good to have you. Yeah, always good to be here. Always good to kind of uh, kind of check in with you and uh, you know and interview some uh, some cool people. We have cool people on tap today for sure. In fact, I think we've timed this episode perfectly. We're towards the end of the year. We're in the final month of 2017, and I would imagine there are many of us. You and I are not alone. We've had this conversation that have. A couple of things or maybe just one thing that have been niggling at us for too long. We're looking across the horizon into next year and we want to get off on the right foot. We have things that we've already planned to pursue. We have things that we intend to make accomplishments for our 2018 but in the back of our mind, we're like, well, is this going to continue? Is this thing that's sore or this discomfort that I'm feeling or this injury from which I'm still recovering, is that going to be an issue in the new year or become an opposition to what I intend to do? So this is perfectly timed. How are you feeling as we get ready to cross the bridge from 2017 and into 2018? You know, right now I'm I'm actually feeling pretty good. I mean, I've got a marathon that I've signed up for in January, so there's always that little bit of concern as far as getting injured. I did have plantar fasciitis uh, earlier in the year that that you know I was able to run. It just was very uncomfortable. You know, um, when I wasn't running, it always loosened up during a run. But you know, no one wants to go out you know feeling pain and and start a run, right? You're always worried that it's going to be uncomfortable and always loosened up. Once it got started, of course, there, in the back of my mind, that's still a concern that, you know, come race day, come to my marathon, and is that going to flare up again? Am I still, am I going to have to deal with that on, on race day? Is that going to derail what I hope is, is, is a good race for me? Well, we'll use our featured conversation to maybe answer that question. We have the good fortune of Kate Mehevic Edwards joining us. She is the founder of Precision physical therapy. She is in our stores on a regular basis with her Ask the Doc series. She is incredibly accomplished, not just in what she knows, but what she's done for so many who we have the good fortune of calling guests and so many who are in the marketplace pursuing not just their best performance in an activity like a January marathon that you have planned, D2, but quite frankly, just feeling their best and getting the most out of every single day based on this thing that gets more use than anything else we might think about day in and day out. And that, of course, is our body. Along with precision physical therapy is a cool story of how she came to that. For those of you who right now are wondering if you are in the right occupation, if you are in the right workplace, if you are in the right career, Kate gives us an inspiring look at how things can change. She graduated from Stonehill College in Easton, Massachusetts at the turn of the millennium and now is in physical therapy. That was never her plan. She was out doing things that had to do with her communications degree, signed up for a marathon of her own D2, was part of team and training for a while as she has a brother who's a leukemia survivor and her coach for this particular endeavor before she got really serious about her running, she was a physical therapist, and this coach just changed Kate's life in a number of ways. She eventually went to Emory University's School of Medicine. She graduated there in 2009 with a Doctor of Physical Therapy degree. And following her physical therapy school, she actually moved to Chicago so she could do an orthopedic residency. 
That is not something that is super, super common. She was one of the first of 1,500 in the country to actually do a residency. So she now has that as part of her story and part of why she is such an expert, but she knows so much. The cool thing is, whether it's Steve, whether it's Bobby, I could rattle off so many of our team members who have had the good fortune of using her for their own rehabilitation. And my goodness, even more than what you and I can right now, they sing Kate's prizes, uh, prizes, Kate's praises. We will get into prizes if we do a podcast payout, but they sing Kate's praises. So we're looking forward to having her. She's going to take a couple of our questions that we've gotten from listeners, and we will make sure that all of us, D2 for his marathon, me looking in the next year, coming off of a meniscus challenge with my own knee, and you, perhaps, as our listener, wondering if you're ready to go for the new year, Kate will get you there. We'll have her next as our featured conversation on the Run ATL podcast. Do not go anywhere. We'll be right back. With cooler tips now in the forecast, it's time to put away the short sleeves and pick up one of our long sleeve Run ATL shirts or hoodies. The soft light cotton material will feel comfortable and it's also highly moisture wicking to keep you dry and warm. For the first time, we're introducing a lightweight quarter zip Run ATL pullover, which includes a zippered pocket and a ventilated mesh panel. Reward yourself with any Run ATL shirt or gift one to someone this holiday season. They're available at all seven Big Peach Running Company locations and online at bigpeachrunningco.com. Welcome back to the Run ATL podcast. And as we said in our introduction, we are going to have a conversation with a friend. Kate, welcome. It is so good to have you here with Dave and, of course, with me. Well, thanks, guys, for having me. It, it, is, it is our pleasure, and, and certainly I believe this is long overdue. In fact, in the introduction that you may not hear till we release this, I got tongue twisted. <laughs> but it doesn't change what I wanted to say, and we're going to take another crack at it. And that is, I believe this is overdue because we've had guests of ours and team members of ours who have really sung your praises because of work that you've done on them. In the intro, you'll hear me say that they sing your prizes. So I'm glad I got it right the second time, D2, but I do believe this is overdue because we hear about how good you are and the kind of work that you've done, but we've not had you on before. And I think this is particularly well-timed knowing that we're coming towards the end of the year. And I think you'll give every one of our listeners a reason to be incredibly optimistic about what they need to do or be thinking about as we all head into 2018. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Like you said, thank you very much. I'm, I'm glad people are happy. I just love what I do and I love running. So I'm just happy to be helping anyone I can. Well, and, and that <laughs> comes out and I think it comes out in conversation I've had with those who have seen you. And I know it comes out just in conversations that we've had about things that may or may not even relate back to our respective work. But before we get to your ability to address discomfort or helpfully help people get the most out of their potential, let's just give people this privilege to get to know you a little bit better. We told everyone a little bit about you in our intro, but let's hear your story because it is a good one. <laughs> okay. So um, where should I start? How, how I fell in love with running? <laughs> well, and I, you know, from your bio, we did talk about how you had a bit of a career shift. You pivoted a little bit because of the impact that running and training for a race had on you. And all of a sudden it became a bit of an occupational calling. So you can start wherever you like, but you got to at least include that. You got it. So um, I've run for a long time and I ran in high school and I ran in college um, I didn't have a high school track team or a cross country team because where I come from, it's a very, very small town. Um, so and you're I, from where? So I grew up in upstate New York and Vermont. So okay. between the two and in Vermont, which is where I went to high school and they just didn't have enough kids to have a team. So I used to run on the dirt road, um, back and forth and out on the main road and come back anytime I could. Um, and then I left it for a little while and went to college and then I ran my first half marathon in college. And I got hurt. <laughs> and I did exactly what everybody does, every single new runner. I did ran too much, ran too fast, never took a rest, 
Um, if it hurt, I kept going. I didn't ever, and this is for you guys, I didn't ever think about my running shoes, what they were, what I was doing, how long I was keeping them, and I really ran myself into the ground. Well, and we put this in our <laughs> store kind of under this big umbrella of too much, too yeah. soon. Oh, absolutely. And that's what I tell my patients is I just didn't know. And like most people who really start running and racing, they don't know what they're supposed to be doing or how to, how to do it correctly. And I certainly didn't. Well, and for all of, <laughs> all of you out there who are thinking, that's me right now, and you're literally <laughs> on the edge of walking away from it mm -hmm. because you might not have known that, well, I might be guilty of too much too soon, but what I do know is I don't feel as good as I thought. Sometimes people might think, I don't feel as good as I did when I wasn't doing any of this, right. and they're ready to just cash in and walk away. You were in that same spot. Yes. You did not do that by any stretch. If anything, you are now able to tell us that you got more involved as your training progressed. I certainly did and I'd like to speak to what you just said. I think a lot of my clients come in thinking that they can no longer run or so many physicians have told them they can't run, so many people have told them that they can't run or it just doesn't feel good anymore mm -hmm. and I hate hearing that. That really upsets me because it's not necessarily true. Obviously there are cases where people have to stop. Um, but it's not always the case. And I think often people just give up something that they really love because they think that it's bad for them when it's really not. So that was my little tangent. <laughs> no, that's good. Well, and we'll talk about that. So you started training yes. for this race. You got past that first mm -hmm. half marathon where you felt injured. Right. And then I ended up in a physical therapist's office. And I have to tell you, I was not a good patient. <laughs> I have to confess. And I, I imagine <laughs> that is part of the reason you have such good bedside, even though they're not oftentimes beds, bedside manner right. from what I've heard, because you can kind of appreciate that not everybody comes in wanting to see you or listening to everything you have to say. Oh, nobody wants to listen to me and everyone doesn't like being there. <laughs> At least there's that basic understanding. Exactly. So um, anyway, so I went to a physical therapist and I actually loved what she did, even though I didn't listen to her. Um, and then I started to see some value. When I got hurt again, I went back to her and then I started listening and I noticed how I got better. Um, so that was my first run with it. And then I ran uh, my first marathon with the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society mm -hmm. in Boston. And my coach was a physical therapist. And she was amazing. She was, um, anytime anyone was hurting or needed help with anything, she would, you know, help them on the side of the track. And I would find myself, like, moving towards her and, like, putting my ear towards what she was saying, eavesdropping, you know. Um, and I just thought it was so interesting. So one day I asked her if I could come shadow her at work. And at the time I was... Um, I was working at another company doing some marketing. I had mm -hmm. already graduated from college and yep. I had um, a totally different degree, absolutely not physical therapy. Um, and I started going to work with her and I loved it. Um, so then I asked her, what, what do I need to do to become a physical therapist? This is what I want to do. Um, and so she told me and I, um, I ended up quitting my job um, in marketing and I got a job as a waitress at night and I took classes during the day to get my prerequisites for school and then I eventually got accepted to um, well I guess in between I worked at a physical therapy clinic um, also during the day to get some hours in and be around it and learn as much as I could. You know D2 <laughs> that's worth pulling out right there and I know that this is the run ATL podcast <laughs> but especially recognizing some of the people that we get a chance to speak with like Kate who have what might be classified as a locally owned or as a small business mm -hmm. To know that when you were in a completely different profession, yeah. you eavesdropped on something that they would have been happy to tell you of about. Course. But even more importantly, for all of you out there who are like, man, should I be thinking about a change in my own career? Listen again to what Kate said. She went and elected on her own. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you were not being compensated for it. I'm sure it was, it was on so top poor. of everything else that you <laughs> had going on decided to walk the halls and just follow yeah. your coach who was a physical therapist around to learn more mm -hmm. and to really dive deep as to whether that would be something you would be interested in. So many people want a paycheck every two weeks to learn about what it is that they think they're interested in mm -hmm. or perhaps expect that even an internship is something that should come with all kinds of benefit. You basically said, I'm going to write my own ticket. Yes. And the first step in doing that is following someone who's doing what I think I want to do and not expecting anything more than just exposure to what's happening around her. 
That's right. And it, it was a great experience for me, and I really learned a lot. One of the therapists there, um, her name's Jennifer Green, actually, was the one that treated all the runners. So I loved hanging out with her. I mean, I did learn a lot from her. And she ran, would run the Boston Marathon, and I hadn't qualified at that point for the Boston Marathon. So, you know, she was my idol. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I did that. And then I, I got accepted to school at Emory, and I knew that I was going to treat runners and um, and do orthopedics and sports the whole time. I gave everything a shot because you have to look at everything. When you're in PT school, you go in as a generalist, but I knew as soon as I got out exactly what I wanted to do. So I got out of school and I just started going to every course that I could possibly find um, that had to do with running. And when I first graduated, there weren't a lot. Now there are a lot. I write some of them now, <laughs> mm -hmm. but there are a lot more. Um, and I just tried to get involved uh, the best I could and it just started to take off and actually one of the very first things I did um, when I came to Atlanta, back to Atlanta after my residency, was I called Steve mm -hmm. yep. <laughs> and I said, hey Steve, I want to give a free clinic for runners. I don't know what I'm doing exactly, but can you come? <laughs> <laughs> and he came. And it was, it was the start of me kind of giving free clinics and doing things for the community. Well, and that's a, a perfect segue because one of the reasons that we have the good fortune of speaking with Kate this evening is she is hosting another one of her Ask the Doc series in one of our stores. And so we thought we would grab her before she was doing that. So knowing that that is coming up, knowing that's something you've been doing really now, you just said since your earliest days back here in Atlanta with your degree, you get calls all the time, each week, every day, as does that staff you have. We get questions and have very cool conversation with our guests so many times with those who are not feeling optimal. Yeah. They're not at their best. Without glossing over the personal attention that I know you give each query and, and all of your clients, what seems to be maybe that one thing or some of those common curiosities that most often seem to come your way, whether it's at Ask the Doc or Inside Precision? Yeah. So, or at parties, or at when you're at the grocery store. And you don't want to do that either. That's a fine conversation for you to have at those places. It's fine. Um, so, I get a lot of different inquiries, actually. But they're always injury-related, of course. Mm -hmm. um, typically around the knee. The knee is the most commonly injured um, body part when it comes to runners. About 42 to 50% of runners injure their knees. Um, so that is, I get a lot of um, questions about that. Usually IT band injuries or what we call patellofemoral, so kneecap. Um, I also um, see a lot of strange things like posterior thigh, so that's like hamstring area and high okay. hamstring, um, and into the back um, pain there. It's a really common thing with runners, um, but it's something that doesn't get better very easily, so by the time they get to me, they've seen other several other practitioners. Um, and then, of course, anything to do with running form. People always want to ask me about running form. Mm -hmm. So those are really the three things that are questions that I field most often. Well, we have a couple of questions that sure. have come in. I won't, I won't go to that right away, but I, I think it'll tie back really nicely to what you mentioned, one on the knee, and then also you mentioned the glutes, and that's something that, yes. of course, with runners, critically <laughs> important, as especially rate relates to running form. So if we think about the fact that many runners and, and walkers and a lot of our guests, and perhaps D2 and I, we're creatures of, of habits, mm -hmm. and we don't necessarily just have this instinct to go see a physician or go see someone who has the level of expertise that you do. We oftentimes hear it's like, do I need to see someone? Right. When should someone have the answer be, yes, you do, or when is it maybe okay for someone to think, I'm going to see if I can just take some time off and work my way through it or dial it back a little bit and see if it gets better? What's some guidance you might get give all of us that sure. are pretty conservative in our approach? So something I heard several years ago, and I can't remember which physician, and it was someone I really respected at the time, said, if something hurts for more than seven days, you, know, you need to start thinking about seeing somebody. Seven consecutive days. Seven consecutive days. Um, I agree and I don't agree with that. Okay. So a little bit. I think you can give yourself a little bit more leeway than seven days, okay. um, especially with um, the way our lives are, um, how much stress impacts our injuries. Sometimes if you just dial some of that back, it actually might help. Um, but I think that if something is really sharp um, 
and comes on suddenly, you absolutely need to see someone because that might be a stress fracture or it might be something else. So that's the one thing I say. As soon as it happens, you should go. Independent of, of however many days. Yes. If it's a sharp pain or a, comes on suddenly. Or you can't walk because of it, um, you certainly shouldn't be running on it until it's been looked at at okay. least. Um, so that's the biggest thing. I think otherwise, if it's an overuse injury, which most running injuries are, I would say give it a week. If it's still hurting, take time off. So when you say give it a week and take time off, you would you run. take time off in that week? No, would you dial it back? You would just say, keep at it. Mm -hmm. If it doesn't go away, if this niggle that seems to have set in yeah. continues to be present for seven or 10 or however many days, mm -hmm. then it's time. Otherwise, you stuck with your routine. It kind of dissipated or disappeared altogether on its own. That's right. Okay. Yeah, I think that people all too often just stop. And we actually lose a lot when we stop running. So we lose, um, so every step we take, our bones are changing to form to, um, to conform to the gravity and the ground reaction force that's coming up. Our muscles and tendons are stronger. So when you take a, running, a runner out of running, that can be a really big deal unless they need to be taken out of it. So I say if something, and I think a lot of people might disagree with me. I'm going to put that out there Okay, too. here we go. Here it is. D2, are you ready? <laughs> people yeah. might disagree with me, but I, I found it to be true. I mean, there are a few things where you absolutely have to stop somebody. And I think sharp shooting pain is one of them. Um, or if you can't walk on the limb. Um, otherwise, keep running. doing what you Do what you're doing for seven days. And if it's not changing, take a week off. If you start up on the third week and it's still hurting, you need to see somebody. Absolutely, because if you if it hasn't gotten better in a week, then it's probably time. Now, when I say see somebody, it could be um, an orthopedic, it could be a primary care physician, or even better. I mean, I obviously have a skewed opinion, but I think a physical therapist. In Atlanta, we have direct access, which means you don't need a uh, doctor's prescription to see us initially. Um, and we're the ones that actually have three years of musculoskeletal training, and nobody else has that much. So... Um, our job is to look at movement, diagnose movement, see how you do with that. So I would say just call a, phys a physical therapist's office and get in, and they'll tell you right away, or they should, you're fine, you don't need to see me. <laughs> you just take a little bit more rest, or no, you need to go see a physician. Um, or they'll say, yeah, I think I can do something for you. Man, that is terrific, specific advice relative to the way someone should think about things depending on how they feel or what they feel mm -hmm. and the amount of time as well as maybe what a good first step is if they've come to the conclusion that this hasn't gone away after a week of running and a week off or this was a sharp and sudden pain that needs some attention. So I am going to go to a couple of quick questions. First, you mentioned knee yeah. being that most common, 42 to 50%. There's a statistic for y'all, 42 to 50% of injuries in runners relate back to the knee is what Kate said. Let's talk about the meniscus for a second. Sure. The question kind of comes about as someone who's had a meniscus injury. Mm -hmm. What kind of injury? Do you know? Is it from I me? don't. Okay. All right. So let's just say that it's torn. Okay. And I think I say that because that's most common, but I don't know that... Is it repaired? I, Sorry. Unrepaired. So, this <laughs> okay. is, so that's where the question's going. Okay. Unrepaired. The person would like to know, is the surgery, everybody says it's a simple surgery, it doesn't require that much time off, you ought to have it done if you've had a meniscus challenge. The flip side of that, of course, is if I'm not used to having surgeries and I try to avoid them at all costs, is this one that's an exception? And yes, someone with your backdrop would say, you should really think about the surgery if it's a true meniscus tear. Or would you maybe give them the same guidance you did before where it's like, well, let's see how the healing comes about and how you feel after two weeks or six or eight weeks. So there are a lot of factors that go into that decision-making process. Um, I had a torn meniscus and didn't have surgery and ran 10 marathons after. But... <laughs> is that exceptional um, or is that... I don't know. I don't think it's necessarily exceptional. I think that... The biggest thing in meniscus, it depends on the type of meniscus tear. So there's a huge range. If it's a very big, if it's a big enough meniscus tear where it's going to cause a problem, then the person should have surgery. Um, but if it's um, degenerative meniscus or it's a maybe a small tear, it's possible that it'll heal on its own and a little bit of rest, a little bit of recovery, and a little bit of PT, you'll be totally fine. But you have to really think about why did they have that meniscus tear in the first place. There was obviously something that happened in their mechanics that caused it. And so that's what you have to get to the root of when it comes down. But no, you don't necessarily have to have surgery. And the surgery now is pretty good. 
I have to tell you. Um, I've had plenty of runners that have had the surgery and then they're back and they're completely fine within a few weeks. Sure, doing physical therapy or, and being yes. mindful of, of mm -hmm. whatever it was that might have been the root cause the first time it happened. That's right. Um, few people don't do well with it. That's the case with any kind of surgery. Um, and those people are often the ones that say, I wish I never have or never did it. Um, but I think in general, the surgery is pretty good now. It's pretty easy to have done. You're in and you're out and the recovery time is very quick. And very quick in your world is, I mean, for weeks. D2 and I, I think our most common guidance is just throw mileage at it. That mm. that works for everything. Yeah, sure. And I'm joking somewhat, but at the same time, <laughs> I, I know when you it. talk about a quick recovery period, it may not be the same as what we think or some of our listeners might. No, and I think that's a great point. It's often not the same. <laughs> <laughs> um, so a quick recovery in my world is um, a few weeks of no running. Okay. Okay. And then um, within probably a month, you're back running. Not at full speed. Probably 50 to 75%. And then probably within a couple months, you'll be at 100%. And um, I, that's not bad for a surgery. It might even be faster. Some people, it's that time is cut in half. It just depends on the person's age. It depends on how well they take care of it themselves. You know, if they're sleeping enough, if they're eating the right things, mm -hmm. and if they're strengthening the right things. If they listen to you or your doctor and <laughs> follow the instructions. That's exactly right. I love that you brought that up. <laughs> yeah. So one of the things that I saw that I wasn't familiar with was this red cord. <laughs> yeah. And I think there are a lot of people who would come into a Big Peach running company and always enjoy hearing about, well, what's kind of out there that yeah. wasn't, whether it has to do with a new product, a new technology, something that is a new race or, or special event that might somehow interest them. So red cord to me was totally new, even though physical therapy and the deep knowledge you have wasn't. Right. Reveal <laughs> red cord for if nobody else, at least me. Um, well, it's been around for a while. It's actually been in Atlanta for about 10 years. Okay. Um, so my clinic is not the first clinic to have it. There's a hand, there are a handful of clinics in town. And over the last two years, it's actually becoming a bigger deal. Um, if you know TRX, most people know what TRX is. I do. You can think about it similarly. Um, the difference between red cord and TRX is that um, red cord, you can unweight your body and you can um, take offload so that you can do the movements 100% correctly. So essentially what it is, to back it up a little bit, is it's a suspension system. So I can hang people from the ceiling. The all. pictures were pretty cool, I will say. And of course, we'll put this yeah. in the show notes <laughs> so people can see the visuals that of course they can't on this. Yeah. But it was that was what really drew my yeah. attention initially was these pictures of, and you use the word, and it's exactly what it looked like, something on a Cirque du Soleil, oh, yeah. where they were suspended uh -huh. by red cords, but I didn't know what the, so I'm going to let you continue, but yeah. the pictures were awesome. Well, thanks. <laughs> um, so it's a suspension system, and research has shown that when you add, um, you put somebody on a suspension system, more muscles kick in. So you can actually get to more muscles, more muscle units, and get that muscle connection between the muscle and the brain better using suspension than any other thing. That's what we've seen so far. And so that's why TRX has become a big rage, right? Because it's a similar idea. So what we do, what I love to use it with is, as athletes, we're all pretty strong, okay? I hate it when people say, oh, your glutes are weak. We can get into that another time or later. But I mean, yes, glutes are sometimes weak, but sometimes they're just inhibited, which means that we don't know how to use them. So whether they're strong or not does not matter. Um, the red cord system, you can test a person's strength in several different planes or slings, as that's what we call them. So okay. how muscles function together, which is how we move, right? We don't, we don't just test the glute med. The glute med, all it does is lift the hip up or stabilize your pelvis. What we do is we test the glute med and all the muscles along that chain that work together with it while you're moving. Um, and it's, there's a scoring system, which I love because my athletes are all so competitive <laughs> that it actually gives them something to shoot for, right? So there's a scoring system, for instance, one to five. And um, what I'm looking for is when I test them, how are they moving? Can they do the movement one and what is the quality of the movement? And they always say, oh, that's to your discretion. I said, yes, it is, but I'm the expert. <laughs> Get your own system. Get your own exactly. red cord. Have them installed in your house if you want to be the expert. Well, and I just had, I just, um, I just tested a triathlete yesterday and I love her so much, but she's typical. Um, she says, wait a second. I want to do that one again. I did not get a two. And I said, but you did get a two. I think that's the exact same way we would be. Yeah, we wouldn't yeah. want that five. Oh. Every 
when you before you jotted it down, we'd ask, what do we get? Yeah. What do we have? What are you putting down? Oh, I get it all the time. So I'll, I tell them at the end. But anyway, the point is there's a scoring system. So we can really delve into what structures or what systems of muscles are not working. And it uncovers um, athletes are really good at compensating and, quote, cheating. I don't really love to say that, but um, cheating through movements and they have for years to continue moving forward, this doesn't allow that. Because of the slings and the bungees, I can um, make them use what I want them to use, which is really cool. And so this doesn't seem like it's totally rehabilitative. It's somewhat preventive, preventative, or even something that you would do like TRX Mm -hmm. as part of your daily or weekly routine. Absolutely, and there's home units too that I have my um, that I have some of my patients um, get that are super easy and really inexpensive, and they can take it home with them, and they can do it after PT is done. Um, but yes, we use it for performance, um, some of our performance clients as well as our PT clients. Very cool. Well, and and you say that it's been around for a decade or so in Atlanta. Obviously, it was totally new for me, so that was incredibly helpful. One of the things that has been around a little bit longer, at least by my own estimation, seems to be getting increasingly popular, but I'm not sure a tremendous number of athletes, and especially those who are walking into this lifestyle for the first time, are as familiar with it, but I know you are, and that is dry needling. Can you kind of demystify what dry needling is, maybe for some of us who have heard it, and then explain it to those who have heard those two words together for the first time? Sure. It sounds really scary, doesn't it? It does. Dry needling <laughs> sounds terrible. And we've never asked that question, D2, on the Run ATL podcast. I thought, what better person? I would rather get suspended on Red Chorus and, uh, and get a, a, a one or a two. We'll let Kate determine whether we can be dry needled during a Red Chord session. You Is can. That, you can. I don't, yeah, I do that sometimes. We are on to something. You heard it here first. That's why you listen to this podcast. All right. But without that interruption, sure. dry needling. Help That's us understand. Understand it better. Okay, I think that there's um, there are a lot of uh, myths out there about it. Some people have had really bad experiences with it, and so they sh- they swear it off and they'll never do it again. And I really hate to hear that because um, it can be incredibly helpful with recovery. I think the biggest um, mistake is that some clinicians use just dry needling, and it won't make a change if you dry needle someone, tell them to go home, do whatever they want, and come back. You actually need to um, train the person either with red cord or exercise or manual therapy afterwards and integrate what you've done with the, uh, with the dry needling for it to actually make a difference. Um, and there, so basically what it is, it's an acupuncture needle. Um, that's the only thing that's the same with acupuncture. Okay. Everybody gets it a little bit messed up. And I think, um, and I think even some acupuncturists, um, don't like therapist needling. I work with a ton of acupuncturists and we have fine relationships and they do something completely different than I do. Um, But what we do is it's a direct technique where you take the needle and you actually put it into the muscle, okay? So you should not feel the needle going into the muscle itself. So if if it's hurting going in, the person that's doing it is not very good at it. So that's the first thing to let you know. So if you are in a dry needling session and and it is hurting the needle itself going in, in, then that is either someone who's not qualified or it's a session that's not going well. So I wouldn't say not qualified. I would say that they probably are newer at it and they're maybe just not as good at it yet. Um, But you shouldn't feel the needle going in. Um, And, but when they hit the trigger point, if you hit a trigger point, you will feel a cramp in the muscle. What that cramp is, is it actually scares people a lot of times if they haven't had it before. It's the muscle kind of cramping up and then letting go. And the trigger point, as we know, is a tight spot in a muscle. So if you think about a muscle um, as a chain, um, it has links, right? And each one of those links can become a trigger point. And when that trigger point gets really, really tight or that part of the chain gets really, really tight, the rest of the muscle can't function anymore. It gets tighter and tighter on either end and it stops um, firing the way that it needs to fire. And then once there's a trigger point there, other trigger points come around it. So they become clusters. And that's how things start to hurt more and more and more. And trigger points themselves actually refer um, to all sorts of places in the body. You may have a trigger point in your hip, but you feel it in your knee. So what the needling does is you take that needle, you put it into the muscle, the muscle contracts, lets go, and then it has a chance to relax the muscle itself. And then at that point, it's, there's this window of opportunity where you can retrain that muscle to do what you want it to do instead of tightening right back up the way that it was. So I cannot 
not use this segue because of a term that you used. And so I'm going to take <laughs> this opportunity to bring another question that we got. And you used the term trigger point. Mm -hmm. For us as retailers, it's a brand that we carry. You may be familiar yeah. with it, the mm -hmm. brand trigger point and it's a variety of self-massage and self-care tactics. And so the question goes along the lines of what are the limitations or maybe the PT's recommendations as it relates to foam rolling? Sure. Obviously, it's a it's a, a good idea. It's a, a yeah. practice that I doubt you would say, oh, no, 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 that's all bunk. You don't need to do it. But for someone, and it came in as glute pain, mm -hmm. is there a limitation to what I can expect from my foam roller to help? It's helped with PF. It's helped with sore muscles, including calf muscles in the past, it seems like. So for this individual who's having glute pain that she cannot seem to shake, is there a limitation to this foam roller that has been the salvo for everything else in the past? Well, remember what I said about if you're doing things on your own and they're not getting better within three weeks, you should probably seek out someone um, someone to look at it. Um, that would be the first thing I would say. The second thing is um, I love foam rolling. <laughs> I actually recommend it all the time. Okay. I think it's a great way um, to warm up the body as well as decompress when you're um, after you're done running. So I think you can use it on either end. It's actually sometimes better than stretching. So foam rolling is fantastic. Um, but the question... Can I draw yes. that out? That's a big statement. Sure. I think it's an important statement. You just said that foam rolling sometimes is better than stretching. Yeah. You can't go without <laughs> telling me why or when those sometimes are. Right. So I talked about how when a muscle is tight and has trigger points in it, um, sometimes the muscle gets tighter and tighter, right? Um, and that's what we're doing. When we're trying to stretch a muscle, we're trying to release that tightness, okay? You can't always release it. There is some... Research that says static stretching will mm -hmm. release that. But if it's really bad, you need the foam roller to get in there and get rid of the trigger point so that the muscle can relax. Okay. Does that make sense? It does. And I think it, yeah. it clarifies why sometimes it would be better than just simply stretching. Yeah. And I think, um, what was the, I lost, I got lost. What was I answering for? <laughs> so the question is yeah. whether there's a limitation to what to expect oh. from the foam roller where it's been this seemingly perfect solution mm -hmm. for tight calves yes. and even plantar fasciitis. But now with tight glutes, whether they're doing it correctly or not, who knows? Whether they're doing the right exercises with the foam roller, who knows? Right. But they're not getting the same results and there's obvious frustration. Well, the first thing is, is it really the glutes fault? Remember, pain doesn't all, isn't always, where pain is doesn't mean that's where the problem is. So for this person, it may be that their problem is actually coming from their back. And what they're feeling is trigger points in their glutes. And you can get trigger points in your glutes if it's coming from your back. What a tweetable comment. <laughs> where the pain is, is not necessarily where the problem is. Correct. Well, that's one of the things that I know having worked in stores and when people come in and they're experiencing a problem, it's, it's typical that we treat the symptom and not yes. the root of the cause. So it's always important. And that's why I love hearing this from you mm -hmm. is, is, is trying to figure out, okay, let's treat the symptom, but let's also figure out what the cause is yes. so that it, one, doesn't aggravate, doesn't come back and doesn't cause more damage you know, um, because it's gone untreated. Mm -hmm. you know? So for someone who, wear, who you know, I've seen it where you know, they've got IT band issues, so they wear an IT strap. And they're always running with an IT strap. It's like, you're just treating the symptom. Mm -hmm. You know, it'd be great if you could figure out where that's coming from so you can run without a strap and enjoy your run that much more so you're not in constant pain. Well, and so your gait isn't, hasn't been changed so that you don't end up with other issues up or down the chain. So, I mean, I think the biggest thing in that what I like to do at my practice and I think why we do so well with runners is we always look for the root cause. I mean, I can't tell you how many people miss that and treat the symptom for years. I mean, years and years and years, um, which is always amazing to me. Yeah. So I think just treating that root cause would be a big deal. So if the foam roller is not working, it may not be her glutes or, her, or his glutes. So that's a, that's a great call out. And all of you who are going into the end of the year and wondering, well, goodness gracious, is 2018 going to be all it can be? that's a great bit of guidance to think about, well, is it something else, mm -hmm. not just what seems to be bothering me right now and get that addressed? And certainly someone like Kate could take care of that. So one of the areas, no question, that we have some overlap and one of the reasons yeah. we have such a great affinity for you is, is maybe what we refer to as gait cycle assessment or might mm -hmm. be stride assessment or some kind of analysis 
of how people run or mm-hmm. how they walk. And, and the reasons that Big Pete's Running Company do it may differ a little bit, not maybe greatly, but at least a little bit from some of the reasons or some of the clients you have that you're doing it for. But I know that we all here in our respective organizations believe in the benefit of knowing how you come through your gait cycle. One of the areas in a conversation like this that we just simply have to talk about is form. You referenced it earlier. Mm -hmm. In the past, it was about pronation tendencies or it was about whether there were leg length discrepancies. And not that we're throwing those things out entirely. Right. But form now in a run and a walk gait is far higher in its percentage of the conversation that we're having. And it sounds like you as well. So let's think about form and, and, and what would you say to encourage Dave and I to start with, but maybe all of our listeners and how they might be more mindful of their Mm -hmm. form going into a new year and whether it might make sense for them to dive deeper into, you know, something that we refer to regularly daily in our organizations, Mm -hmm. but they've maybe never thought about a day in their life. Yeah. So the first thing I'd like to say is we definitely overlap, but I love the classes that you guys give because I think that it's form in general, if you know the basics, you can do a good job. Not everybody falls into that category. What I do is a little bit more specialized. Um, I work with people who don't quite fit with the general mass in terms of helping them with their form, right? They need a little bit of extra help or um, they've had injuries in the past or it's just more complicated. So I think what you're doing is great for the running community in general um, and it's going to benefit them. Research has shown that um, even though you're not injured, changing your running form can help prevent injury. So that's huge. Um, In terms of running form, I think one of the biggest things people can really think about is posture. And that's for several reasons. I mean, obviously, you guys work on it in your clinics. Mm -hmm. um, But the other thing is we've seen it in research over and over and over again. And not just in terms of running, but in terms of posture for how we sit, posture for how we stand. So it all translates back and forth. Having, um, quote, good, because it's a little bit different for everybody, um, running posture is important because if you have the correct posture, you're able to breathe better, which means your deep core is going to kick in a little bit more. So your stabilizing muscles around your spine, around your hips will kick in better if your posture is better. You'll be able to actually get more um, breath into your lungs, so you'll actually feel better running. And then often... um, you won't have as many running injuries because you're using that system better, okay? And if you think about it, um, if you're in a posture for any posture, good or bad, for too long, something's going to hurt, right? So it is a little bit fluid. It's not perfect. It's not everybody has to be exactly this way. Um, But just understanding what um, a fairly good posture is is important. Well, and and this isn't maybe a PSA, but it's a worthwhile shout-out. And, Kate, thank you for referencing what we refer to as our transformed running classes. For those of you who maybe are not feeling any discomfort, but do intend to add mileage or perhaps add accomplishment to your 2018, we do free classes every month in one or more of our stores. We'll make sure a link is in our show notes. Certainly you can visit Big Peach Running Company's website to learn more. And then for those of you who want to take that perhaps to the next level or are feeling some discomfort, Mm -hmm. not sure where the route is, have no intention of dialing your year back next year, Kate, the way that you do it is even more sophisticated. And I would encourage people to see Kate and her team Mm -hmm. and do some of the things that you do at your facility. Yeah, and it's great. And looking at your running form is a great way to avoid injury. I mean, if anybody is looking for what do I do next year to not get injured and complete my races, I think that making sure unpacking your running form is pretty important. I would agree. And one of the things that's so easy now, and and once you hear Kate talk about running form, whether it's yours, which of course is rightfully most important to you, or someone else's, or you hear Big Peach Running Company do a transformed running class, it's not that hard to get video anymore of your respective running form. (laughs) The real key is knowing what you're looking for. And 30 minutes with Kate or spending 45 or 60 minutes with a group of people in a transformed running class can truly not only make a huge difference, D2, you're one of our instructors, not only make a huge difference in your own running, you become 
the one everybody in the office goes to. You become yeah. the one everyone on your respective youth team that yes. you're the coach for wants to talk to during and after practice. It just makes you a local authority, and who doesn't need one more thing to be the local authority on? <laughs> Not right. I don't. <laughs> you don't? Okay. So, well, here's another area where you have more recently shown your expertise. So a few sure. years ago, you became a mom for the first time. Cool. And one of the things that I was unaware of until doing some research for this conversation is to the, the level of depth that you've just really become interested in, in exercise during pregnancy <laughs> and postpartum mm-hmm. and what really makes sense or perhaps what doesn't. Right. So the good fortune for Big Peach Running Company is, you know, we sell almost 60% of our running shoes to women. Now, some would say, well, that's because most men aren't smart enough to choose their own. So women are making the purchases, but those are men's shoes that they're taking back to somebody they at least pretend to care about. But either way, we know that there are plenty of women we have the good fortune yes. of serving and likely listening in. What are some of those things you might share oh, man. with those who are, mm-hmm. may soon be, or just might know someone who is pregnant currently or just getting past that season in their life. Sure. So I ran, I think it was 30, until I was 36 weeks pregnant. I did a half marathon, all of that during that's that. That's awesome. Um, I think that's awesome. It was that sounds totally impressive. awesome. Okay. That's very cool. <laughs> it made, uh, running made it so I didn't throw up. So it was really great. <laughs> um, but what I would tell people is that There are a couple ways that you can continue running if you'd like to um, during pregnancy. If your physician um, tells you that nobody should run when they're pregnant, you should probably find a different physician, first thing. I had one like that. I fired them immediately, walked out of the office, and found a new one. Now, obviously, there are some women that shouldn't run when they're pregnant if there are medical conditions, so I don't want anybody to get the wrong idea there. Um, But if you want to do it and it's safe to do it, then you can do it. Um, There are a lot of belts. There's a belt called the Gabriella belt that you can get on Amazon that helps hold up your belly. Um, and makes it so you don't have to pee as much. I know it's wow. funny talking to you guys about that. <laughs> that. We will definitely include that link. Imagine how much I'll learn going to grab that for the show notes. I know. But um, so that was really helpful to me when I was um, pregnant um, and running. And then after um, you have a baby and if you want to return to running, I think that every woman, first of all, should have um, go see a pelvic health therapist. Um, it is a really important thing to make sure... You know, we have muscles down there, excuse me, um, that nobody ever talks about, and they can affect your back, your hip, and your spine. All I mean, like nobody's business if that's not right. Um, A lot of my women that have come in with hip injuries, even 10 years postpartum, um, should have gone to see a pelvic health therapist, and they probably would have been better. So that's one thing. Um, The other thing is that our body changes a lot. And it doesn't always go back to the way that it was. So sometimes um, there's something called diastasis recti where the abs split down the middle. Um, That decreases your ability to contract your core and use your core and often will set people up for back and hip pain again. So if you notice something like that, um, check it yourself. You can take two fingers above and below the umbilicus or the belly button and just see if you have a split. So check that. If you do, go see somebody because that's something that can be fixed by um, most of the time. Um, and not necessarily with surgery, I mean with exercise and working through it. Um, The second thing is um, you might need different shoes than you had before. Um, Your feet get wider and they change. So make sure that you get um, fit for a new pair of shoes. Um, And have your form reassessed. Definitely have your form assessed again. Your hips get wider, they may not go back. And a lot of women, I find, uh, tend to stand like they're pregnant even years after they've had a baby. And so that posture, that pregnancy posture that never really clears up will affect your running posture, will affect your moving posture and can set you up for injury. So there are a lot of things that we don't think about. A lot of us um, have a baby, recover, and then go right back out running within a few weeks. Your body really needs about eight weeks before you can do that um, safely. And then at that point, you should probably have somebody at least check you out. Wow, that's that's great information that I know we'll share. And, and Kate said it about being pregnant, getting back to your exercise routine, having your form assessed again, mm-hmm. being mindful of what has changed because in so many cases, much or at least something mm-hmm. has and being certainly cognizant of what that might be. And then Kate, you know, we try not to do cliffhangers on the Run ATL <laughs> podcast, but one of the <laughs> things that I will do is maybe just ask you, you've also got 
another part of what makes you so exciting. So we hope and we'll make sure everybody has easy access to precisionpt.org and all the great information on that. You can probably tell already, dear listeners, how much she knows. That's even more so when you visit her or even just travel to her website. But I've learned more about you recently at katemehevicedwards.com. I won't spell Mehevic right now. (laughs) I'll make sure the link... Am I even pronouncing it no. correctly? I'm not. So say it's it. Help okay. me out here. It's okay. It's I'm Kate. assuming maiden name. Yes, it's Mahivik. Mahivik. Yes. Eastern European? It sure So is. at least I was able to guess the origin <laughs> properly, D2, even though I butchered it, and it's even okay. though we're going to put a link so people, whether they say it right or spell it correctly, they're going to be able to just follow our link. But you have a book coming out first quarter next year. Yes. You have your own show, The Whole You. I love the term that people can access mm-hmm. through Kate Mahivik. <laughs> That's right. Edwards.com. Give us a little bit of an overview and then sometime, you'll have to promise us sometime in 2018, you'll come back and we'll, we'll just talk about that part of who you are and what you're doing. But sure. go ahead and allow us a cliffhanger for now. <laughs> yes, it's a big one. So um, I'm going to have a book. It's called Racing Heart. Um, and it's... Uh, I think this is the subtitle. I might mess it up. I just decided yesterday. I just messed up your maiden name. That's okay. So you've got a lot of latitude here. <laughs> oh, good. So I think the subtitle is A Runner's Journey Through Love, Loss, and Perseverance. Um, and it's a book about what's happened to me in the last three years. So just really fast, I actually can't run anymore or exercise almost at all. All I can do is do yoga, walk and lift weights. And whenever I tell people who don't run or do triathlons, they're like, that's a lot. (laughs) And I said, well, that's basically nothing compared to what I used to do. Um, And the reason for that is I almost died training for a half Ironman um, three years ago from a rare genetic heart disease that I have. And the only thing that makes it worse is exercise. Crazy. (laughs) I know. I know. It's completely crazy. And I've actually, in February, um, Dr. Kim, who is the local sports cardiologist in town, Mm -hmm. um, and my clinic are getting together and doing um, EKGs and cardiovascular screening for um, endurance athletes out of my clinic. So we're trying to make it more um, commonly known and trying to bring awareness in the community because I'm not the only one. Very cool. And and Dr. Jonathan Kim, I went through one of his screenings before I made this promise to my family before I did my last hundred miler. Now that I'm not as young as I was when I did my first one, that I would get checked out just in case. And and unlike what you found through that half Ironman training, Mm -hmm. there was a clearance that I had. You are incredibly courageous. You are a terrific influence on this community, certainly on Big Peach Running Company and me personally. So thank you for being part of this this evening. But more importantly, what you do every day, it matters, Kate, and we appreciate you for it. So thanks again. Thank you very much, guys. I really appreciate it. And like I said, I just love what I do. Kate has somewhere to be. We cannot make her late, so we'll make sure she gets to the Ask the Doc session. It will not be the last one for sure. We'll make sure that we do that next year as well, so you can meet her at some point if you do not end up in her clinic. In the meantime, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back just after this. Do you hear that? The trails are calling and you must go. You deserve a runcation this spring, so why not join us on April 20th through the 22nd for this all-inclusive getaway designed for hikers, trail runners, mountain lovers, and outdoor enthusiasts alike. Experience a relaxing weekend full of trails, award-winning food, luxurious accommodations, local libations, and a great time with your Big Peach Running Company host. Whether you're a new or experienced trail runner, you'll have a great time. Go to bigpeachrunningcode.com forward slash spring dash break for all the details. Come on out and enjoy the trails. We'll take care of the rest. Welcome back to the Run ATL Podcast D2. I think in the background I might hear jingle bells or perhaps the clatter of hooves on the rooftop. It is the holiday season before we dive into your upcoming Christmas list. I want to say thanks again to Kate. That was a very transparent, incredibly helpful conversation. Not only is she so good at which what she does, she's just so genuine. And when you run into somebody who cares that much, how can you not feel better 
about how you've spent your time. No, absolutely. I mean, for me, one of the you know long-term goals is to be able to run for many years. I would hate to you know get injured or get to a point where I'm like I can't run, I can't exercise, I can't do things that uh, you know that I enjoy. So for me, long-term ter- term goals is like when you hear about these individuals that are still running when they're 80 or 90. I would like to be that individual. So staying healthy um, is is an important part of of you know I think uh, something we should all consider doing, right? I would, I would agree, and my goodness, that's a, a great call-out. I believe our listeners have that same mindset. I know I do, even if I hadn't thought about it first and you beat me to it. But Kate's one of those resources that will help make that happen. Of course, that's what Big Peach, a running company, aspires to be a lifelong friend to our guests and our community. So, again, Kate, thank you for being part of the Run ATL podcast. D2, I was joking. There are no hoof tops up on the roof on top of us. I do not hear jingle bells, but it is December and the holidays are here. Christmas fast approaches. What's on your list? What can I be saving my money for so I can put under your tree or in your stocking? Because (laughs) I believe you've been a good boy in 2017. Well, you know, one of the things that, that I know that uh, I've been eyeing is, uh, you know, we just got this new shipment of Brun ATL quarter zip pullovers that look really nice. Something new we haven't carried in the past. So whenever something's new, you're like, ooh, that looks really cool. So, um, yeah, we got them in two colors. And, and they do look cool. Yeah. And you were one of the first. I think you, when you went solo on the podcast, had a chance to tease that out. Now it's not new news. But it is a new item. It is, and uh, they do look pretty good. And uh, so, yeah, I would, I would love to get, uh, you know, actually both because they're both good. I mean, you know, it's black and gray Spare for me. Spare no expense, my friend. When I'm buying you, <laughs> get both. That's the way it works. Okay, you want both. Make a note of that, Mike. All right, I've got it. Anything else on your list? Well, you can't go wrong if you pick. Well, you don't have to worry about color, right? It's like, oh, well, which one do you want? I don't know which color to get. You're good with either color. I'm happy with either one. Um, what else? Um, well, as, as I mentioned uh, uh, earlier, you know, we've got a marathon coming up in January, and I do think I'm going to uh, be in need of a new pair of shoes by then. And uh, I have been using the Ultra Boost as, a, uh, as my long run uh, shoe, and I do think that will be my shoe of choice come uh, marathon day. You and, have uh, good taste. Yep. So, um, and, and they just came out with a new updated color, you know, December 1st. So, yep. So, I need to put that on the list. So, a couple of Run ATL products, an Adidas Ultra Boost product. My goodness, I may have to get a say. I might be working with UPS this holiday season just to be able to afford your Christmas list. But I love the fact that you mentioned your marathon on my list, a pair of UFOs. It's one of those things that if we didn't carry it or if I was not involved in running, I may not go out and get this myself. But now that I've been exposed to it, it's perfect to put on your holiday list. For those of you who are not familiar with UFOs, I love their tagline, your feet earn this. And, and, and what they do is they've managed to engineer a material that is in a slide or in other products. We do really, really well with their slides and with their sandals. But it is a recovery product really like no other. It does help your feet recover in ways that that most footwear can't. So after a marathon, or quite frankly, around the open fire where I am roasting my chestnuts, I think it would make sense to have a pair of UFOs on. They'll be on my holiday list. The other thing that at first I wasn't so sure about, but after talking to my wife, this thing has merit. For those of you who have not heard of Kalo, Q-A-L-O, and are married, this is a wedding band made of silicone and being mindful of what it's like, whether you're doing strength training, lifting weights, knowing that you're gonna perspire, of course, regardless of what time of year it is, inside your gloves oftentimes this year. This is a wedding band made of those non-traditional materials that let everybody know, hey, I'm taken, but it does so with cool colors, and with an ability to do everything that you may oftentimes think, I need to take my wedding band off 
to be able to do this comfortably. You no longer have to do that. So I'm not gonna put this on you, D2, to put this in my stocking. It's gonna be my wife's responsibility, but I'm looking forward to having a Kalo by the beginning of next year as well. Right, well, and the, and the one thing that I do wanna mention for those that are uh, you know shopping with us during the holiday season, we do have this gift card promotion where if you spend $150 or more, you will be rewarded. So when you spend $150, you get $30 you know, free, um, you know, free gift card. And you know, the more you spend, the more you get back. So it's a great way of kind of like you know, thanking you for, for shopping with us and also kind of giving you a little bit something back for shopping for others and gifting others. And this promotion goes all the way to the end of the year past Christmas right up until the bell on 2018. I'm actually glad that you said that. The two Run ATL products that you want, the new Ultra Boost color for your marathon in January, just think of the gift card that I will get if I get all of that for you. So what a great reminder again. Thanks to everyone for being part of what is almost the last episode of the Run ATL podcast for 2017. We have one more episode. We certainly hope You'll join us for that. It will be in just a couple of weeks. In the meantime, we remind you and we hope and we know that your best miles will be those covered on foot.